the promising falsehood of darkness begs by luring the light in only to destroy it but let the light in to this terrible darkness to radically relent from your judgmental stance you'll come to find that the future was never supposed to be like the past I'm so happy to be covering this topic because I love, love, love researching, learning, and preparing these deep dives into our minds and human behavior. Now, how many of you feel anxious? How many of you feel overwhelmed with your thoughts? That's how a lot of people are feeling these days. Hi everyone, it's Gall and I welcome you back to Think More Than Twice with me on my uplifting podcast every Wednesday to start your day or end your night on a productive note, whether you're driving to work or unwinding at night. In this episode, I want to talk more about the title of Think More Than Twice, which essentially comes from overthinking and all its aspects. I'm going to talk about it in three parts and start off by talking about self-sabotage because self-sabotage comes from overthinking a lot of the times and how it's compared with the Dunning-Kruger effect. Just a little recap of last week. I'm a student in life, as in I'm always learning, and this is just my own experiences mixed with the research of things I've read and done and explored in my own life but take it as you will, or even a snippet of what resonates with you personally. Because I do think that we have to make peace with our pain, and if you're not going through it yourself, then you will always come across a family member, a friend, or a coworker who's going to need your advice on it someday. My objective is to enlighten all of us a little bit and to uplift the heaviness of pain if there is a possible way to use our pain into something good or beneficial. Usually all our suffering has a cause, obviously, and it all comes from a sense of attachment or expectation from others or outcomes that has led us into the present moment. Just going back to my initial statement, what I meant by saying the promising falsehood of darkness begs by luring the light in only to destroy it is because we do that ourselves. Self-sabotage is one of those terms you hear thrown around a lot, but understanding what it can actually do to us is quite tricky. Now, some people use it judgmentally, as a form of criticism for someone they perceive as lazy or weak and some people use it to sound smart when they don't actually have an idea or know what they're talking about. But really, it's when you undermine your own goals and values. You basically acknowledge that there's something out there that you genuinely want and believe is good for you, but then you do things that directly conflicts with that goal. And remember that this can be done consciously or unconsciously, depending on how aware you are of them. 
I've experienced this firsthand in my past relationship, friendships, and workplace. And I'll give you an example. Like in the past, I have purposely and intentionally stayed away from certain parts of a relationship or friendships because I was having a difficult time with emotional vulnerability and afraid of getting hurt. Even though I knew. It was hurting my long term value or cultivating something more meaningful. I would use it as a form of anxiety relief. Another part of the statement is that as soon as we find a little bit of light within ourselves or in our lives, most of us tend to self sabotage it because we don't think we're deserving of it or even used to it to know how to expand that growth. But most importantly, the last part of how you'll come to find that the future was never supposed to be like the past is so powerful because most of us base all of our energy within the future and always comparing our present with the past. But we often forget to realize that the obstacles that we go through and the life changes that occur s In our lives, only prepares us for the present moment. And the present moment is the only thing that we have because it's the only thing that will determine our future. It's an unconscious habit that we have. For example, we tend to predict the future based on our past experiences. And this often happens because it's all that we. Know based on our past experiences. We all do this, and it's again because humans feel most comfortable in their comfort zone. This is also something that holds people back from greatness because no one achieves greatness over limiting themselves or continuing the same pattern and routine every day. And one healthy way to break this cycle is to realize that you're doing it. I have personally realized a lot of my own self sabotage habits after journaling every emotion and pattern because it really does hold you accountable at the end of the day. And this is something that you can do as well to hold yourself accountable whenever you see fit, obviously, because you'll be so surprised just how much you find out about yourself and your own thoughts when you do this. So, I want to tell you about the parts that you hear about and don't often hear about. There's a term called the imbalanced ego, which is essentially feeling better or worse than others. When people overestimate how little they actually know, and then there are those who overthink, where they overanalyze. Everything which makes them question their own intuition. Really, it's negative talk. Negative talk is something that cuts you from your own intuition because trusting yourself that you can't do something is itself something that comes from overthinking. Sometimes it's taking a simple situation and overanalyzing it so much to the point where it Installs a negative mindset in your head. Then this goes so much deeper because you start to think about a lot of other situations the same way. Now, I want you to think 
about when it comes to giving advice to your friends. The reason why is that overthinkers always have the best advice is because you have the full perspective on it. But when it comes to your own abilities, you set limits based on a fear factor. It's almost like not seeing your own true potential. Overthinking can be so hard to distinguish between the anxiety and overthinking sometimes because both can be submerging um, together a lot of the times. It can be quite difficult to separate the two. This is literally to the point where sometimes your made-up thoughts can become your reality, where you think to yourself whether certain situations really happened or not because you've thought about it so much. This comes from overanalyzing everything as well. For example, one sentence to me said to me will be translated into 20 different scenarios that could be or could have been if it's already happened. The part about overthinking where you stay up until 3 or 4 in the morning obviously sucks and worrying about what's going to happen the next day or in my case checking and double checking or triple checking whether you locked your door or turned your oven off. It just sucks to spend all of your time stressing instead of living in the present moment. But honestly, your overthinking is not all bad or as bad as you think it is. You're the type of person who is always prepared. In general, no matter what life throws at you, you find a way to handle it and find a solution for it too. Think about it. In your group of friends, if you're the overthinker, I bet you're also the mom or dad of the group who they can always rely on for having the basic necessities with you you're the person who always saves the day i'm telling you you're the friend that everyone wishes they had this is especially when it comes to advice you don't tell them the first thing that pops into your head or worse the thing that they want to hear from you in that moment you actually take your time to think You take a second to step into their shoes or to try to figure out what the right move would be because it has become a part of your thought process. So I bet that your friends love you because they know that they can always count on you for advice and especially your parents too because you always answer their call or whether it's giving advice again. Today I'm here to validate your overthinking and tell you that it is okay to be an overthinker because a lot of the times we don't realize how much more perspective we need in order to function like you coming up with 10 possible ways or outcomes from a situation is normal and this is literally a part of critical thinking that we were all taught in school Why should it be wrong to have more than one outcome of a situation and more perspective over a situation? I want you to think about that. Oftentimes, when we overthink a situation, that's when we see all the possible outcomes and gain true perspective because it's almost ignorant for other people to expect that there's only one way to think about certain situations. This is actually a 
big part of overthinking where overthinkers often know where they went wrong whether you believe it or not they're their own most harsh critic because they realize their own mistakes and even come up with 10 different ways they can fix those things or better themselves at there's another part of um, giving advice where overthinkers don't really have anything to say over a situation because they're overthinking about it and they want to come up with the best possible answer now i want to tell you when it comes to uh, giving advice to your friends um, your advice really comes from your own experiences as i mentioned earlier and that's all that you know because you've learned those things your own way i believe that when you give advice based on your own experiences all the time you're almost taking away the learning experience from the other person so basically it's almost good to just be a good listener too sometimes so if you're an overthinker and you don't have the best advice to give in that moment i'm telling you that's okay now i'm not saying never give advice to anyone but this is definitely a part of being an overthinker where you just sit there and listen to the other person but you have to realize just how powerful that is itself to just being a great listener that's free therapy my friend and you're also allowing and not limiting the other person from learning further about themselves Remember that being able to trust yourself starts with acknowledging that you're safe for yourself. Remember that it can also work for you rather than against you. So please give yourself more credit on that. I want to continue with the Dunning-Kruger effect. I actually came across this um, really interesting article and I remember learning about this while doing a research paper which fits here like perfectly and that's the Dunning-Kruger effect. A lot of things started making sense to me when I stopped comparing my thought process with other people's and in no way is this to bash other people by the way because I personally do advocate for all and it is so interesting to me to learn even more about it so people who are not overthinkers sometimes relate to the cognitive bias of the Dunning-Kruger effect The Dunning-Kruger effect was named after the researchers themselves, David Dunning and uh, Justin Kruger. This is actually a legit type of cognitive bias where people really believe that they are smarter and more capable than they really are. Like, these people really do not possess the skills needed to recognize their own incompetence and wrongdoings. Essentially, they actually overestimate their own capabilities. Now, don't get me wrong, there's a side to this where it's absolutely beneficial because these people don't overthink it at all when it comes to taking risks 
whether in business or relationships, in comparison to overthinkers who are too busy thinking about all the other outcomes of a situation rather than believing in their own abilities that are far stronger than a non-overthinker sometimes. This is also probably something that you have experienced in real life, maybe around a dinner table or something with family and not realize it. For example, when a member of your family <clears throat> begins spouting off on a topic going on and on boldly proclaiming that he or she is correct and that everyone else's opinion is stupid and wrong uninformed and just plain wrong it may be plainly evident to everyone in the room that this person has no idea what they're talking about yet they prattle on politely obvious to their own ignorance I swear I had so many professors like this in university too where they would talk about a specific topic and when it came to the students' opinions, um, everyone had to agree with them or you're told off otherwise because the textbooks or their opinions said otherwise. The number of times my professors would get mad at me or be petty in our tutorials because I wouldn't agree with them and have my own opinion about something just makes me think that they also had this cognitive bias and it's crazy to me that all along this could have been it and it's not something that we're taught in school because then would be going against the system or something and mind you tutorials are strictly and mainly for this specific purpose to be sharing your own opinion and having an open discussion an open conversation with you know your professor and other students in the classroom but this wasn't the case all the time people with this cognitive bias really are unable to recognize the skill and competence levels of other people which is part of the reason why they consistently view themselves as better more capable and more knowledgeable than others if you want to put it that way but to put into perspective these people are not only incompetent but their incompetence robs them of the mental ability to realize just how inept they are. And again, incompetent people tend to overestimate their own skill levels, fail to recognize the genuine skill and expertise of other people, or fail to recognize their own mistakes and lack of skills. All in all, overthinkers underestimate their own abilities. Meanwhile, the non-overthinkers overestimate their knowledge and abilities. 
I wanted to end off the episode on a really interesting and fun case study I came across. Uh, well, not that fun, but definitely interesting. It was titled, um, Would You Rather Endure Electric Shocks or Sit Alone With Your Own Thoughts for 15 Minutes? So men and women were both asked the same question whether they would sit alone with their own thoughts or they could endure electric shocks. And you'd be surprised to find that 60% of men chose to endure electric shocks rather than sit with their own thoughts and 30% of women chose to endure electric shocks rather than sit with their own thoughts. And to me, that was so fascinating because they were genuinely just incapable of sitting with their own thoughts and, but rather instead, you know, endure electric shocks. I mean, I just wanted to point that out because I want overthinkers everywhere to just give themselves more credit because you're doing such hard work that most people can't do. So yeah, there you have it. I mean, a little bit of perspective on all sides of overthinking. Thank you so much for listening to me again. And I am so grateful, so happy that you're here. I cannot wait to talk to you again next week. I hope that we continue to find light and more perspective together. Oh, 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 oh,